Hello, everyone. You're listening to Elisa Unfiltered, Living Life Out Loud, the podcast. My name is Elisa curry and I am here today speaking from the heart to inspire and motivate you to be your best self. There is so much more to life than the nine to five daily grind, and I want to share all of my secrets with you. So let's get started. Today, my guest is one of my favorite human beings on the planet. His, uh, his name is Matthew Dory, and somehow the universe connected us on the coolest way. It's like the most inspirational way. Uh, for those of you that don't know Matt, Matt is an elite long distance ultra runner. He's like a marathon runner, personal trainer, coach. And, and, and my favorite thing to call him is my friend. <laughs> Over the past couple of years, I've, I've learned a lot from this man and he has inspired me not only in my athletic goals as he worked with me uh, for my marathon last fall, but also in my lifestyle goals, like finding balance and having healthy, real talk conversations, which we as human beings are shy to talk about and we hold our feelings in far too much. So the point is, is that Matt is the real deal. He's been through a lot. His life was flipped upside down many times from his dad's cancer diagnosis to being in an unhealthy, toxic relationship himself uh, to changing everything and moving back to Canada from Australia to start over. Always challenging. So I am super pleased to say that he is here to tell his story and share his personal life lessons on how to overcome adversity, live your truth and find your passion. Okay. Here we go. And we're on. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to my studio. <laughs> That's a very good looking studio. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm super glad that you're here um, because I feel like we have a lot in common in a lot of ways and you have a really inspiring story. Not only have you helped me professionally with my running, which we can talk about later, but you also, you know, we've connected on a personal level and we have, you know, shared our stories and I just, I think you're like, awesome. You're so inspiring. Aw, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm blushing. It's kind of funny because when we were, just before you came, I was like thinking to myself like, how the freaking hell do we even get connected? Like we connected through Instagram. That's how we met. Yep. And you were living in Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, like we started talking somehow. We started following each other. Like super uh, random. To be, yeah. To be honest, it was really, really random. I don't even know who started following who. Yeah. To be honest. I, I remember though, because w- we were following each other and then I went to Australia and I tried to hook up with you. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, and that yeah. was like in March of 2017. Yes, yeah, so over a year ago now. Yeah. And we didn't end up meeting. Yeah, we didn't end up meeting. It was our cross our paths didn't cross. We were to whatever. Yep. And then and then one day, I remember in the summer of 2017, you're like yo, we have to go trail running when I move back to Canada. And I was like you're moving to Canada? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, I'm moving to Ottawa. And I was like, get out of here. I'm from Ottawa. And then we like... That's how we got connected. Yeah. 
No, fair enough. That was basically it. Very <laughs> random. But it's it's the way it is when you find someone that has like similar interests. Yeah. And that was basically it. Yeah. Because, yeah, being in Australia, a lot of my buddies were adventurous and, you know, they were into like, yeah, running, camping and all that kind of stuff. And from what I've seen from your social media, you were that kind of chick. So yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. she's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To- exactly. It's so, it's so cool that now, like after all that time, you're like in my living room and we're chatting and sharing the message and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so you're obviously, um, you have an accent. You're obviously not from Australia though. You don't quite have an Aussie accent. So like, just tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So, well, yeah, my accent is French, obviously. <laughs> so you'll hear me say some words or like some phrase that are a little crooked. Yeah. And you'll hear me say like mates or how you going sometime because I live in Australia for about four years. Yeah. Uh, but I'm originally from Ottawa, just a small town, uh, French community, and then yeah. picked up English while in my 20s, basically. So believe it or not, it got a lot better in the last few years being in yeah. Australia. So. Yeah. Of course, of course. Um, so you you didn't live in Quebec? No, 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 no. Ontario side. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, basically 60K east from here. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, cool. Yeah. Cool, cool. So, yeah, that's basically where my accent come from. Okay. So a lot okay. of people are always wondering where I'm from because there's a little bit of everything now. A little bit of English, <laughs> French, and Oz, I guess. So. And, and so your, um, one of the things that connected me to you was running yep so running is kind of my passion on the side uh and it's also yours so let's just like let's get right into it so your let's talk about matthew the athlete yeah what got you into running well i've always ran i was an ice hockey player till i was 20 running was basically just to keep fit yeah uh true summertime uh but then high school uh, I got a twin brother. Me and my twin brother basically found out that we were actually pretty good at running. Okay. Uh, we did, you know, 400 meters. We did track and field. We did 800, 1500 meters. We did everything on the track basically in high yeah. school. Yeah. Uh, up to like 5, 10 Ks. And yeah, we were actually pretty decent without really training for running. Yeah. Because uh, ice hockey was basically our main sport. And it's only when uh, in my fourth year at university of ottawa that i basically quit hockey and mm-hmm. said oh i'm gonna try out for the cross-country team okay and that's where basically i started to take running more seriously uh so from there yeah i ran with the the ottawa ggs i yeah. did uh, i went to the provincial championship uh that year which was my first year of running i ran with the ottawa lions through that summer i've also did the indoor track and field season and then it just kind of like escalated from there. That's where I found my passion for running. So that's, I would say, maybe 12 years ago. And did that passion um, from, did you always know that you wanted to be a run coach or a trainer or a personal trainer? I'm not sure like how you like to identify your business. Yep. But like, did you know that when you were younger or did that sort of come with your passion? Uh, that came with my passion. Yeah. I always been into sport. Like yeah. I grew up playing sport and sport was basically my life growing up yeah um so i went to university just to basically become a phys ed teacher oh interesting Um, so that that was my my goal you know i always wanted to be a phys ed teacher yeah 
Um, but then when I was in third year university, I started working in the gym as a personal trainer and a group class instructor. Mm-hmm. And it was then that I was like, man, I really like this. So yeah. that's where I kind of pursued that. Um, which, yeah, two years after that, starting in personal training, that's where I found my passion for running. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where I started to kind of like tie both together. Yeah, like specialize and yeah, it. Yeah. So it, I would say it was, yeah, two to three years into the business because... Yeah, when I, I in 2010 I ran my first half marathon. I was mm-hmm. the winter man here, so it was like freezing cold. That was my first half marathon. Mm-hmm. Not the best one to start with, but <laughs> <laughs> it was a challenge. Sure. And then I started trail running that summer as well in 2010, and I did my first marathon that year as well, Montreal Marathon. Okay. So that's where kind of like it all blew up basically 8 years ago. Right. Blew um, up in the sense that you were like, this is it. Yeah. This is what I want to do. I Exactly. Exactly. And certainly the trail running. I really, really enjoy the trail running because it was more of being out there and exploring different areas yeah. than growing up, you know, for 20 years, I was training so hard, you know, interval workouts and all that kind of workouts. Then I just loved to go out for a run. And I found run, running longer and on trails, I could enjoy it a lot more than smashing sessions after session. Yeah, yeah. So that was about then that I did kind of like that transition, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I love when I, and when I love people who are authentic with their work and what they do. Maybe that's why like I resonate so much with you because like I, uh, I'm a believer in doing what you love and trying to make a career of what you love. It's not necessarily feasible all the time, but to have it as like a side project or a passion and just have that feeling. Mm-hmm. So I think like, and it's also what you, something that you just said when everything sort of exploded and it got my brain thinking, uh, I've been having these like leadership conversations. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear the dog. I'm dog sitting right now and he's walking around. <laughs> it's, his oh, name's okay. London. He's my friend Rise dog. He's so cute. Anyways, he might bark, but um, the uh, is when we make change in our lives or make big decisions, some people it takes them like a long time to kind of tippy toe into this decision mm-hmm. and other people kind of need the whole structure to sort of like explode and like, bam, you're in. And yep. like, I just wanted to kind of talk to you about that. Yeah. So basically, yeah, for me, it was a big bang. Yeah. Big bang. Because I ran the marathon and then basically six months later, I did my first ultra marathon, which was yeah. 100 miles in the mountains of Vermont. Yeah. Wow. And I never recommend that to any of my athletes <laughs> going from 42K to 160 kilometers. Um, well, why not? Let's get into that. But I was, I was young and clueless. Like yeah. I had no coach, no one around me were doing that, those kind of race. For me, it was just something I wanted to do. It was yeah. something different. Yeah. Um, and that basically really, that was the big bang for me because people were like, who's this guy? And, and yeah. I basically placed third in that race. Oh, wow. So that's then I was like, man, I'm actually not bad at this stuff. <laughs> so, cause I, I've been a competitive athlete all my life, you yeah. know, ice hockey played provincial level, volleyball, yeah. badminton, basketball. Yeah. Um, but that I really, really enjoy because I'm like, man, I'm playing the mountains, yeah. you know, I'm running a whole lot, but 
I'm really enjoying this and I get to explore a different part of the world. So that, that was kind of like the big bam for me. And even that year that I ran my first ultra, I basically started my business as well. Mm -hmm. So that was a pretty massive year. So what about running do you love? Like, I know there's people out there listening that like completely hate running. Yep. Uh, that there, and other people are just like casual runners. Others are very competitive out there. Like there's a whole spectrum with uh, things that we love to do. Yep. But what is it about it that you love? Um, for me, like it's a whole lot of different things. Yeah. Like I'm a guy that really lives in the moment. So if I'm running with friends, I enjoy that. I enjoy sharing the trail, sharing some miles with friends. I really enjoy that. I love running on my own as well. Once in a while for me, it's basically my meditation mm -hmm. to go on the trails, run an hour easy, you know, no, no assigned pace, no assigned distance. Just go out there. That's basically for me, it's my, my yeah. meditation. I really, really yeah. enjoy that. And I enjoy the challenge. I enjoy trying different tra trail race, different, you know, sometime I'll sign up to 10 K, you know, just yeah. trying to, to do a better time. So that's what I love about running. It's, it's very personal and it can, can bring you a lot of different things. Oh yeah. So yeah. So you enjoy that process. Of, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. It, it is an interesting thing. Like even just relating to you running marathons, I've run seven marathons. You were basically with me in yep. spirit for my last one. Um, is the wave of emotion that you go through mm. when you're challenging yourself. So there's like the physical component of it, but there's like the emotional and mental components. Yeah. And so you love all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I always say to my athletes, you need to be healthy in the three of them. Like yeah. you're not going to have a good race or you're not going to have fun racing if mentally you're not healthy, if emotionally you're not healthy and physically you're not healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, you really need to nail the three of them. Um, but that's what I enjoy about running. Mm -hmm. Uh, it really tests you in those three aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, because yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's big roller coaster. It's big, ro big and, roller and, coaster. And I don't think people that haven't like done a lot of long distance stuff or like endurance, you don't realize because you know, the pros and the, they make it seem so easy, but no matter if you're the, a first timer or the winner of a race, like everyone goes through those struggles and it's really like personally empowering when you can start identifying those things. So like in, let, let's just say a 160 kilometer trail run, like tell me, give me an example of like some of the, the shit that you battle. Oh, man, <laughs> like pretty much, well, that race, 100Ks in, so that's 60Ks to go. Yeah. I was basically, my body just shut down. Like, yeah. it was, I was second at that time. Yeah, I was second. And I basically had to nap for three hours. So um, you napped? Yeah, so I napped for three hours because, like, there was no way, like, I was very dehydrated. I couldn't put any food in my body. Was that was an vomiting. easy decision or was your ego really fighting you on that? Um, it it was really fighting me on. Luckily, I had a great support crew, okay. a great support system around that race, which helped me a whole lot, um, which they knew me very well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, they helped me make some very important decision. Yeah. And that basically saved me. I napped for three hours. I felt like absolute, like I should have quit 
right. then. Like, everything was against me. Like, physically, you felt like shit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But mentally, I was still strong, to be honest. Yeah, I was okay. still Because I was going there, and there was no way I was not going to finish that race. Right. You know, I was, if I had to walk it, I was going to walk it. Yeah. But at that point, I couldn't even walk it. So the only thing to do was to lay down, <laughs> hope for the best. I told my crew, wake me up in two hours or three, yeah. and then we'll see how I feel. And then woke up, was able to eat a little bit, drink a little bit, and got back out and finished that 60K, you know. But it was a real grind. And, you know, I fell down to eighth position, then climbed back up to third. Yeah. So, but... Yeah, every race, every race. There's not a race where you're going to feel 100%, you know, through the race, certainly in endurance running. You're always going to hit a little low. Yeah, and I like that in your coaching strategy too with me because we prepare for the low because it's going to, like, sometimes the lows aren't as low. No, exactly. And sometimes they're, like, really bad, but, like, for the most part, there is that lull. There's that point in which you start to bonk, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you... Yeah, that bonk, hitting the wall, whatever you want. Everyone hits it. But, you know, the best runners, just they know how to manage it. Emotionally, mentally, and physically. That's that's the bottom line. Everyone hits a wall at some point. It's just to know how to manage it and to expect it. So then you got into doing a lot of different races. So you started racing... Then what happened after after that 160? Yeah, so that year I went completely nuts. Yeah. I did like a big 125K two months after that uh, in the Rockies in West Canada. And then I came back. I thought I was Superman at that point. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm <laughs> killing this. So two months later or three months later, I tried to do another 160Ks. Yeah. And uh, I had to quit 14Ks to go because I got dehydrated. My feet got swollen up and I couldn't even walk. I couldn't even put one foot in front of the other. So that's where I was like, dang. Yeah. Did, you, did they give you an IV right away? Or something? Uh, not really because <laughs> we were like middle nowhere. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so that's where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm, I am human and you know, Mm-hmm. I got to chill and be a little bit more respective of the sport and, you know, have a better plan. And so that's where the next year, um, yeah, I did some shorter races. Well, still long races, but shorter. But my main goal was to qualify for Ultra Trails Mont Blanc, which is old in Chamonix in France. Okay. Um, so you got to gain a few points. So you got to do specific race to gain a few points okay. and then get into a lottery to get into that race. It's basically... The biggest ultra marathon in the world. Like, it's the most competitive, most pre- prestigious. Is it so, kind of like the Boston Marathon of road running? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got lucky enough to be part of that race in 2013. So, only two years into my, you know, serious running career. Yeah. So, that's where... That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It was amazing. Amazing experience. Amazing experience. So I did that one. Then after that, I basically chilled for a bit because that's where I moved to Australia. Okay. And so let's talk about that. What brought you out out there? Well, I met this girl. Um, I was involved in Badwater, which is a big race through Dead Valley okay. uh, in the USA. It's known as the toughest foot race in the world. It's 220K and it's the hottest place in the world, they say. They do it in July. 
And I was brought there to go crew and pace a girl um, from Dubai, originally from Australia, but she now lives in Dubai. Okay. And I met my previous partner, Samantha, there. She was on the crew as well. So we we met there. We kind of like instant connection, basically. Yeah. And um, yeah, then I raced. I did that UTMB race. Yeah. We met in Europe. Then we both went separate ways because Samantha was from Australia. Yeah. I was from Canada. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, what the heck? Like, I'm going to go to Australia just on like vacation, sign up to that to a race while I'm there. So I went there for 10 days and did a race called Costa Kazi. It's basically you run from the ocean, so the coast, to Kosciuszko, which is the highest peak in Australia. Okay. And that race was 240Ks nonstop. So... <laughs> How long would some this is a like sidebar? Yeah. How long did something like that take a uh, one dude? One so guy? that took me twenty seven hours. Okay. Uh, placed third overall. Yeah. So and still today I think I still have like the seventh best time of all time on no that course. Way. So usually like yeah the winner are you know around 25, 27 hours. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very oh unique. God. It's a great way to see Australia because <laughs> I basically started from the ocean, oh which for us living in Ottawa, like you don't get to see the ocean that often. Never. So it was pretty cool. And then you run like through different little towns and all that. And you end up in the Alpine region in Australia, which is about 2,300 meters of elevation, mm -hmm. you know, where there's snow. So it was quite remarkable. In one day, you see so many different things. Very cool. Very so, cool. Okay, so you go, you do this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We do this race. And then Samantha came back to Canada with me. We lived here for a few months. Oh, okay. Because um, my dad was very unwell. Oh, okay. He was going through a very severe cancer. Yeah. So I had to be here for him. Of course. Um, and then, yeah, my dad basically got well. He, after a few treatments of chemo and all that kind of stuff, he was okay, so... He won I, the battle. He, he won, won the, the battle. battle, yeah. He kicked ass. Yeah, you have a wicked dad. I yeah. love your dad. I don't know. I've never yeah. personally met him, but he's like... You can talk about him on your yeah. Instagram. He just did the Boston Marathon. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. Huh. He did. Like, he's wicked. <laughs> so yeah. that's where I live. I moved to Australia, um, okay. which that's four years ago. Okay. So I lived there for three years. Yeah. Opened my business there. I had my own studio where I... Yeah basically trained endurance athletes from mountain bike to running to triathletes train a few rugby players so i opened that studio just in my garage yeah and that was really really fun i live in the national park there some big gum trees i was about 45 minutes from the ocean beautiful place oh, beautiful yeah. place was it where was that it was in melbourne wasn't it yeah it was so like... it's 45 k's from melbourne okay um, it's called the Dandenong Range National Park. Okay, yeah. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. It's kind of like the Gatineau Park of Ottawa. Okay. But like in a bigger scale. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. So that's like through that process of like moving out, changing your life, like taking a risk, going out to Australia, starting a business, like that, um, obviously that probably wasn't necessarily easy, but you had a lot of really positive momentum. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about what brought you back to Canada. Yeah. So this kind of gets a little bit more personal. And yep. this is like probably the story that I connected with you the most when we talked about this. Mm -hmm. That one day up at Charlotte. I was like, oh yep. my God, 
I love this guy. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, when you said you were coming back to Canada, I was like, huh, interesting. Well, we'll have to meet in person. A was my first thought, and B is like, why? Yeah. So, and that was a question everyone was asking because mm-hmm. I seemed like I had a pretty good deal in Australia. Yeah. Like. Yeah business i was working for nike there yeah i was managing all and coaching all their nike run clubs yeah so yeah i was basically living the dream but um yeah it didn't quite work out with me and samantha um it wasn't working for you know a year or two yeah. it was like always we were both really busy yeah. we kind of kind of like grew apart yeah. i guess in some perspective yeah. um so we both kind of knew um it wasn't working but because i made so many sacrifices to move there like i had a successful business in canada i'm very close with my family here so it was a massive move for me to go to australia so we basically tried everything to make this relationship work but it was just not working so basically to be somewhat brief it's a pretty big story but um Samantha was very adventurous, very, very adventurous. And uh, she went on that reality show in Australia. And basically, when she left, things weren't great between us. Yeah. And when she came back... Um, from, from, from the reality the show. Reality show she called it off. Yeah. Just like, boom. And before that, I was like... I'm a very positive dude. Like I see the good and everything. And before she left, I'm like, Sam, like I'm going to go do some counseling just to try, you know, to better myself and find out what's not working, you know, maybe with me that we can better into our relationship. Yeah. Um, So I was doing that when she was on TV reality show. And then when she came back, uh, basically when I picked her up, she called it off. So it was kind of a shock mm-hmm. um at first because i was like kind of like doing all this work in the background but i kind of knew that was the best thing for both of us yeah yeah even before she went on like you guys were kind of like a team so she was a she's a big runner and yeah you guys work together as oh. a coach athlete as like a boyfriend girlfriend as like yep. homeowners and all these different things and you made all these sacrifices so i can see how there might have been like a bit of like I don't know what the word is, uh, resistance to break up because mm-hmm. you yeah, had we were, all these things. And, and that's like, the thing. We were a solid team, yeah. solid team. And we were very supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. Like she's done some crazy stuff for charity, mm-hmm. like beautiful stuff. And, um, you know, I was, yeah, I was always there. She was always there for me. She, she's a really successful business woman as well. So she helped me a whole lot with my business. Yeah. Um, so it was hard, but we just didn't have that romantic side of things anymore. Yeah. We were basically, you know, kind of like best buddies, but that was pretty much it. Yeah. So it's interesting when you can like take a step back and like recognize that because people try to ignore that or they're in denial because mm-hmm. all these other things are happening that are so good. Yeah. So like, what is a, what is the type of relationship you want to be in mm-hmm. and how is that going to progress you in your own personal life and your work life and together yep. with somebody it just wasn't vibing okay so she breaks up with you yep 
or you break up together? Well, I don't know. Well, she no, she yeah. she did. Yeah, yeah. she did yeah. absolutely. And then uh, yeah, then I was like, man, because yeah. I basically like, yeah, I went to Australia for Samantha, and I was on a spouse visa. So I'm like, oh my god, yeah. Now what's gonna happen with me? Like, so there's like a bit of identity loss. Like, absolutely, you know. absolutely, because like. Basically, what's what was hard for me was that Samantha always had the power on me. Basically, okay. because like, if it wasn't from her for her, I was not able to stay in Australia because I was on the spouse visa. And at first, like, I had to rely on her so much because I didn't have a job. It took me, you know, a year before I got working and financially comfortable. So it was yeah. very difficult. So now all of a sudden, I lose like that base that platform and i'm like oh my god yeah so that was very very difficult so i was like instant instantly i'm like well for me what's the most important is you know i came here for love and yeah. now i don't have that anymore and then second is family so yeah. i i was like i gotta go back to canada now did you find like Oftentimes, from the outside looking in, people see, you know, he's like the seventh fastest guy in Australia in a thing. He's got, he works with Nike. He's doing his, he's doing this amazing business. He's all put together, you know, like I, from the outside looking in on social media, I'm like, mm -hmm. he's, you know, so motivating and does all these great things. But when you're struggling inside, like that, mm. that personal side, uh, did you feel alone or did you feel lost in this yeah, process? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's emotions I've never felt before. Like yeah. before that instant, like for me, beside like when I first moved to Australia, things were rough because yeah. I didn't have any support system besides Samantha. Yeah. But I got through it pretty well. But that like when we went to that breakup, yeah, it was... It was massive. I emotion I've never felt before, like stress. Like I'm not a very stressful guy. Yeah. But the stress, like I even had chest pain. I had to yeah. go to the doctor. Like I was like, oh my god, what's going on? Like I was losing skin off my hands. Like it was crazy. And I, I didn't know what was happening. But I had to keep training my athletes, keep yeah. being this like role model with Nike. Yeah. while everything was happening and I was kind of like keeping this on the down low but what saved me is I kept going to my counseling session yeah yeah um you know at first I was going to try and save my relationship yeah and I'm not someone I'm pretty lucky I'm not someone that suffers from anxiety or depression and all that so for me the counseling was just trying to figure out an aspect of my life mm -hmm. I couldn't figure out I'm like why am I so successful in everything that I do, mm -hmm. but I can't figure out my relationship mm -hmm. with the person I'm supposed to, to love so much, you know? So that's why I did counseling. <sighs> but then counseling turned to different, you know, to kind of deal with everything that was happening, to try and find some stability again um, into living. Because at that point, I was like a big question mark. It was yeah. like, what do I do? And that was very, very stressful because mm -hmm. again, I was like, man, everything I've built in the last two, three years now, like it's gone. It's or, gone. Or it doesn't mean as much. It's not the same. It's different. It's yep. changed. It's, it's changed. changed. Absolutely. Like the energy is not in the same spot as it was. Before. Yeah. So it was very difficult. Very, very difficult. Yeah. 
I, I, so when you made the decision, yep. like when you made the decision to move back, did that make any relief? Was that like a relief moment? Cause, um, yeah, well not really, No. to be honest. Like I kind of like knew right away that yeah. I was coming back. Yeah. I just had to take my time and, you know, do it right with all my athletes, with Nike, my friends. Yeah there because i had some really good friendships there as well yeah. so it was really really hard to leave yeah like it was again like when i left canada man that was tough yeah sure. and then i had to leave again australia it was extremely hard yeah, yeah. extremely hard and then basically i met this other girl right before i left and i'm like god damn <laughs> <laughs> Because me and yeah. Sam, we broke up, oh, when was it? It was April. Okay. And then I left just in September. Right. Right? So yeah. I basically left, lived, lived in the suitcase, yeah. you know, for a few months, which was yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I just had to have proper closure when I left. Yeah. Um, you kind of just let go of all the things that were there and just kind of live for yourself for this, like, summer and just kind of closed... Yeah. doors or closed tied off yeah all the loose ends and then exactly boom, when you're least expecting it yeah you found i found bell yeah and jeez yeah so now i was like <laughs> oh man because i thought for me i'm like okay i'm going back to canada i'm gonna start my life there yeah you know all yeah. good you yeah. know i've done it before yeah you know let's do it again uh it was still stressful it was like yeah but yeah, so I met Belle and then, but, you know, at the point, we weren't quite sure yeah. uh, what was going to happen because it was quite fresh. It was basically two, three weeks before I was leaving. Yeah. Um, so it was good. It was just fun. It was you fun. connection. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Cool, cool. So, but yeah, so then I came back to Canada because that was, you know, I told my family I was coming back and yeah. they were, they were pumped. Yeah. You know, my friends here, they were pumped as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I basically went from, you know, having the dream life mm -hmm. to living in my parents' basement all of a sudden. Mm -hmm. And you're in your thirties, early thirties yep. at this point. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. So. <laughs> and there's absolutely no, I did the same thing. I was yep. living in my mom's house for when I was 30 as well. Like, and it's funny how that makes you feel like a failure, mm. even though it's just, it's not. It's no. just a time of transition exactly. and a, a time of reflection and learning and yeah. getting your feet back underneath you because, you know, life presents us with interesting les lessons at interesting times in our lives. And yeah. we can take it and, and learn or we can cower and, you know, keep repeating the same destructive yeah. behavior or patterns. Like, mm -hmm. right. So, and that's how we met. So yep. then we started training together. Exactly. Uh, like in because you it was in September. Yeah, the end of September. End of, yeah, because my marathon was November the twentieth or nineteenth yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so we didn't have a whole lot of time. Yeah, I was you're like, like, oh, I got eight weeks. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> I know. I'm like, make me the fastest monkey <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> you're like, okay, let's do this, and yeah. you did help me like a tremendous amount. <laughs> that was so fun. Um, but yeah, so then you kind of like sort of slowly started to pick up, but you're so natural at it and you're so good at the business side that like 
from the outside looking in, I know it seemed very easy for you, or easy, it seemed easy for you to sort of just be you and mm-hmm. do things and gain um, clients and start your business over again. I'm sure there was like some real ups and downs and roller coasters in that as well. Um, but it's just like, it's impressive when, uh, I find it impressive when people are true to themselves and can take their passion and just live it every day. It's so authentic and you naturally start pulling in the people that you need in your life to be happy. And it's just kind of like, I saw, Mm -hmm. I saw you do that. I remember like the first time we met, you were like, yeah, I have like eight clients. And I was like, that's amazing. (laughs) Or whatever it was. I'm like, holy shit. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, my return to Canada was a lot better than I expected. Okay, cool. Which was tough for me because like coming back, like, yeah, I had the dream job in Australia. I'm like, man, like now, like I'm coming back to Ottawa. I haven't been here for four years. You know, the running scene has changed quite a bit. People like don't really know me here. Like that's what I had in my head, you know, and my confidence was a little shattered, but yeah. I'm, I'm still someone that always remained positive and st- trying to see the good, like living yeah. in my parents for six months. I just moved out. You know, yeah. I've been there. I was there for six, seven months. It was, it was amazing because my mom, you know, she's home on sick leave because, you know, she does suffer from depression and all that. So just having coffee with her basically every morning was amazing amazing and i know personally that did her so well and it did me very well just knowing like that did her well not being there for her for four years you know so but on the business side of thing yeah i came back and before i touched down in canada i basically had 11 weekly clients signed up i was like wow okay (laughs) (laughs) so i'm like i think this is gonna work out yeah and um now like re, like fast forward s- six months now it's bananas it's basically where i was in australia right so you do like physical training so yeah like i call you a personal trainer to people to i so that they can identify yep. sort of but i think you're kind of more than that because you're more like a coach yeah uh you take it more on the coaching direction which i really like because yeah. oftentimes like i know you you know this about me I'm I think the listeners that listen to all my podcasts and or watch my Instagram know that I love to run but I hate going to the gym Mm -hmm. lifting weights to me is like (laughs) yeah (laughs) however one of the things that like I loved about working with you is that you made me want to do it you motivated me in the right way which is like it's like hard because oftentimes in the past, like trainers say you have to do this mm-hmm. and they like almost bully you into making you feel bad. Whereas like your approach was a lot different and I don't know if your approach is different with all your clients. I'm sure yeah, it is in a lot definitely. of ways because everyone's needs are different. Yeah. But I, I, I went, I did all of the things <laughs> you told me to do. You did. I worked. You I were great. I lift the weights. Yeah, I went to the gym. Yep. Yeah. <gasps> you did. You were great. Yeah. And it was fun and it was great and uh um so so yeah like talk to me a little bit about your coaching philosophy yeah for me I always say well personal training I like it 
I like to call it coaching as well because it's, I always say 50% of it is personality. It's how you Mm -hmm. can connect with your athletes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you're the best technical, tactical, you know, if you know your stuff so much, but if you can't deliver it or if you can't connect with your athlete, you're not going to have any success and your athletes going to have, well, for me, my athlete success is my success, right? Yeah. So for me, it's, that's always the biggest thing, biggest thing. And I'll be the first one when I first meet a client, if I go for a coffee with him or her and I don't feel that connection, yeah. I'll tell them. Yeah. Like I'll tell them like, I'm probably not the best guy for you. Right. Because for me, coaching, that's what it's all about. You need a connection and you need to approach every athlete differently. You mm-hmm. can't have just, that's my way, you know, that's how I do things and that's it. You got to adjust. You got to adjust on different athletes, how your athletes come in and how they feel today. Like that's, that's always it. You know, you got to be flexible. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you live, you, your lifestyle is, uh, um, you lead by example. I think. Yeah, I try my best. You try your best to lead by example. Absolutely. And I think one of the neat things about what you do is you work with people who are already like they have a passion in sport Mm -hmm. or athletes. Like you're calling them athletes even. I love that. I mean, you're not just calling them clients. Yeah. Right. So for me, I already, you already knew that I wanted to be a runner and I had running goals and that I loved running. Um, like you said before, people, some people are triathletes some people are cyclists, whatever, whatever it is. Yep. Um, and then you, you take that passion and you enhance it in with your, like, I mean, we talked about stuff that's non workout related too, just lifestyle and managing time and just mm-hmm. like creating a program that works for my schedule because yep. like I work a million hours a week and you could see that, but you still wanted to like give me benefit right yep. so do you i guess the point where i'm going in this i can't we should talk about this a little bit more but the point where do you ever work with people that are just new just like weight loss clients for example or that aren't into something else and there's not a goal already there um yeah we can start yeah. well uh, no no <laughs> no yeah, to be honest can. like yeah. for me yeah you have to have a goal yeah. It's very hard. Like it could be weight loss could say like, I want to weight loss could be the goal, but you need to come into the picture with a plan. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause what I've learned with experience, like, yes, I'll motivate you. I'll give you all the right tools. I'll adjust your program as best I can. And you know, make mm-hmm. sure you feel good, show you how to have a proper balance into your workout, your work life, you know, your, your life mm-hmm. in general, but it ha- it has to start from you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I and, do. And I, I do. know like from experience, like I've been in the business and the coaching business for 15 years now. Yeah. If your athlete doesn't have that goal initially from them, yeah. it's very, very hard to implement just a goal that you think would be cool in them. Right. It has to come from them. That's my personal opinion. I, I love, I actually, I love that because it, I, I hear you on that. It needs to come, you people need to take 
that level of responsibility for their yep. fitness life or their health goals or their fitness goals. Mm-hmm. And just even having the goal is absolutely enough responsibility. And, to, and yeah. what I said, why I had a hard time to answer that sometimes they come to me yeah. and they're not going to be, they can't be specific. You know, they kind of have an idea of what they want to do or be, mm-hmm. but I kind of like know where they want to go, but I won't, you know, I won't tell them. Yeah. And as we go, then, you know, just believing in them and just like kind of like pinching them and just, you know, like I had an athlete not too long ago. She could not run 10 minutes mm-hmm. and she was, but she was an ex uh, gymnast. Yeah. So she's strong, strong. Like the girl can do like 10 pull-ups, no yeah. problem. Oh God. But she couldn't run 10 minutes and she had knee problems and everything. And she's like, oh, I want to start running and I want to do this bench, uh, this uh, obstacle race. It's 6K. I did it last year, but just with my dad and we walked the obstacle and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, cool. Yeah, I can train you. Yeah. And then I knew deep down, like if she follows the program and does the right thing, she'd be all right. And uh, yeah, like fast forward eight weeks later, she did that 6K race and smashed it. Now she can run five, 7K, no problem, no knee pain, whatever. And she wrote me an email this weekend after a race and she said she can't believe like, and we went to school together. Like she was in human kinetics. She's a trainer herself. Mm -hmm. She's a personal trainer, but you know, she wanted to, to learn a little bit my craft, which is always cool, you know, to yeah. learn from each other. And, and yeah, it's just at, at first she kind of like had those little goals, but if you can just see the potential in someone and make them believe mm-hmm. sometimes that's, that's your job. That's your only job. I don't have to give the most technical or whatever program. I just got to be there and, you know, support. believe in them yeah. support. That's yeah. all. Sometimes that's all my athletes needs. Like I'm not the best technical coach in the world, yeah. but I, yeah, I can relate. I can maybe read my athletes pretty well. So, and I think that's really important. So. And it really is. And just like on a personal level, like when you and I would like, I remember the first time you're like, okay, I'm going to pace you. We're going to run together. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, we did that. Yeah. And I was like, I'm, we were Instagram and I'm like, I'm going to die. I thought I was going to die because yeah. like, you're fast. And I was like, I just, but it was great. It was a great workout. You, yep. like, you did all the things exactly the way I, I and I remember like walking away. I was like, well, that was awesome. And yep. then even after my marathon, which I, in my mind was like an epic failure of mass proportion and like created like a seven month burnout following. Yep. Um, I, like it was really cool too, just to have you on the other side. So mm-hmm. it was, uh, I know you definitely gave me space and time, but like there was, there was great discussion following that. So it wasn't just like it, the buck didn't stop at the, yeah. at the race. It like kept going. And it, I, I think what you're doing and how you're doing it is very unique. It's, it's, it's making human connection. It's, um, you know, helping people reach their goals and discover new things about themselves in like such a supportive and fucking 
awesome, mm-hmm. great inspirational, motivating way. Like, yeah, it's it's very cool. It's very very cool. Oh, well, thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank Ben. You. No, no, it's good fun. And yeah. like, yeah, for me, it's I try to practice what I preach. Yeah, you know, it's all about balance. Yeah. Yes, I'm super fit. Yeah. You know, I do train a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I'll have pizza and beers on the weekend. And yeah. that's what I try to tell to all my athletes yeah. or, you know, my clients, even if you're trying to lose weight, man, you got to enjoy yourself. Yeah. You know, you got still got to go out with your girlfriends, have a glass of wine or with your, your yeah. mates, have, you know, a couple pints of beers. Like that's okay. You yeah, know, yeah. it's part of life. And that's, that's how I live my life. And that's how I encourage all my athletes to be as well. Because when you're too strict on yourself, yeah. It, it just doesn't work. Yeah. And I've talked about this before, like in my f- other like podcasts where I talk about fitness is like, there's a, st- a negative stigma mm. out there towards it. Like people think you need to like hammer yourself into the ground and like, yeah, be this like Superman. Um, we've all been there. Like I've been there too. Like, yeah. I thought I, that's what I thought I had to do, but it's, it's it's not yep. and it is that balance and finding out what's what's right for you exactly your life and your lifestyle and your goals and blah 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 blah. yeah and it's hard because yeah social media most you know influencers will put like all the goods you know okay. all the goods but that's why i try once in a while to you know if i'm drinking beers that night i'll <laughs> take a picture of every beers i drink <laughs> and i'll put it on my instagram story i'm like look at that I know, I like chirp you sometimes. Yeah. Like, Another one? Oh, like, nice one. I yeah, I'm like, yeah, I, I do that. And then the next day I'll wake up and I'll go do my run anyway. It's, I'm going to feel like crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's part of life. You I, know? I like that too. You know, it's minus 30. No one's going out there. And you go out there and yep. you come back with your beard completely like iced <laughs> yeah. and like frostbite. And you're like, Bleh. Uh, well, <laughs> for me, like there's no bad weather. Yeah. Like there's absolutely no bad weather. Like it was raining yesterday, mm-hmm. but once you're out and wet. Yeah, once you're out and wet, whatever. You're all good. And then when did you finish a run and you felt terrible after? Yeah. Like pretty much never. Well, it depends. I well, guess. physically, but yeah. like mentally, you're like, oh, that was pretty cool. You know, yeah, I got yeah. some fresh air and, you yeah. know, and that's what I try and teach my athletes as well. Like yeah. I did the Ottawa Marathon. What was it? Two weeks ago? Yeah. And uh, man, I had some big expectation. Like I trained a lot for that race. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of speed work on the row, which I hated because right. um, I had to hit the row quite a bit to get my speed up. I was trying to do two hours 39, which for me pretty quick so two hours 39 minutes to run 42 kilometers yes and you're, you're talking about road because your your preference now is trail trails yeah, yeah. Okay. The, so. the hillier it is the yeah. better it is for me okay fair so yeah. sorry i didn't mean i just wanted to clarify that yeah people. so 239 was what i was aiming for and i've hit every session like every session every pace i didn't miss one session i'm like Finished my last long run. I ran 36Ks. Yeah. And man, I smashed everything. So I was like, man, race day, I'm totally going to hit my goal. Like technically, I was good. I was in a good headspace, everything. Mm -hmm. But on the day, weather was great. I'm like, man, I got no excuses. Like I got to do this. Mm -hmm. And on the day, man, like 18Ks in, I'm like, wow, today is not my day. Yeah. And I crossed the halfway in 120, so I was on pace, yeah. 
but I'm like, nah, yeah. it's not going to happen today. And my main goal was to qualify for Boston, yeah. which I needed a 305. But yeah. to be sure, I wanted to run 10 minutes below because the lower you are, the better chance you have to right. get in. So 254 was kind of like my goal. So at the 20, 22K mark, I just made the decision. I'm like, nah, Matt, like slow it down, chill, just get your Boston qualifier. And that's all you can do for today. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm trying to say, like a lot of people are like, man, are you mad? Like you ran 15 minutes slower than what you were expecting. I'm like, no, like I've done everything I could. Like yeah. I've done absolutely everything I could for that race. Yeah. Just that day wasn't my day. Yeah. And I had another goal of getting to Boston because my dad's doing it next year as well. And yeah. that was my main goal. Yeah. And, you know, I, I got that goal. So I'm all good with it. Yeah. So, so, yeah, and that's what I try to teach all my athletes. Like you're not going to nail every race or you're not going to nail every day in life. And that's just how it is recognizing that you're doing your best for that day exactly is, it, it's enough it yeah. is enough yeah as long as you did your best that day that's all that matters and that does transfer into like athletic goals as well as like business personal just yep. life like, definitely if definitely you, if you wake up and you're a three out of ten that morning i mean it's all right to be a three like yep. that that's where you oh. are that's your best if your best is a three just do your best yeah absolutely yeah. and it doesn't have you don't have to be super productive, you know, to have a good day. Sometimes you just need to chill, maybe watch yeah. Netflix, have a <laughs> yeah. beer, you know, that might be what you have to do today. And yeah. you, all you have to do is accept that. Yeah. You know, if you're able to accept that, yeah. then you're fine. Yeah. And that's what I try to teach my athletes, because if you're okay with it, you'll yeah. be fine. It's when you start stressing, like you're watching Netflix and you're going probably to your fifth episode and you're like, yeah. I should probably be doing this or I should probably be doing <laughs> That's this. That's guilt and it's all the, the voice yeah, and the storyteller. And the, yeah. No, just chill and yeah, yeah, be yeah. in the moment. Yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. It's so good. So, yeah. So, Ottawa Marathon. Yeah. It didn't win as planned, but yeah, I got no regrets. No, And that's what I try to teach to you when yeah. you did yours. I know. Because, man, you were so close to your PB. You've yeah. ticked every boxes. You've done everything you could. Weather was... Windy. Oh, crap. Totally crap. It was at 23K on... It was actually, for me, at 25 kilometers in. I, yeah. I knew. That's when I... That's when the switch... Like, yeah. That's when I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. It's too windy. It was like a 60K gust headwinds for about 10 straight kilometers. And I was like, I... Like, and that's... Like, that was... Hor that's horrible. Yeah. I know. I, I, I wasn't... <laughs> like, for me, I wasn't, like, prepared enough to let that go. And I think... Yeah that like now living through that experience and mm -hmm. like working with you and just like actually recognizing that I actually, I did my best. I know I, I did the best race I could have run oh. that day. I think next time if this is to happen to me, I would definitely be a lot more prepared. It's funny yep. how like sometimes you have to learn by going through mm. the shit. Yep. Um, but it is, it is, it's a healthy place for me to be able to recognize that that was the best. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. you had it in you, yeah. that PB, like you had it in you. It's just. Just wasn't my day. Just wasn't your day. But you got to recognize that huh? I had it in me. 
And we got to start working because I'm going to go for a marathon in the fall. So I'll, yeah. I will give you more than eight weeks. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> Every time when Mac would approach me, Matt, I got to do this marathon. I got four weeks. I'm like, four weeks? What have you been doing? Oh, I've been running three times a week, you know, maybe five Ks. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Where do you, I do have a question for you about yeah. the Ottawa marathon. Were you surprised to see me? I was cheering. Oh, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Because as you've seen, like, yeah. there's Nobody. no one around me. And that's the funny, because my dad and brother followed, like, saw me, like, maybe 10 times along the course. Yeah, and yeah. they run, like, maybe 345, 350 marathons. So usually yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. sea of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Matt, where are you racing? It's so boring. There was, like, no one. Yeah. So, like, just a little cheer like that. I was like... Did I give you a little... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the reason, for those of you guys listening, Matt is so fast that he is so far ahead of everyone else. So, like, in the race, there's not... Like, in a big race, like, I think there was 5,000 marathons? Yeah, the marathon, I think it was 4,000 this year. 4,000? Okay, 4,000 runners and a lot of runners. And think about 4,000 parents and siblings and partners. Like, there's, like, tens of thousands of people cheering along the side of the road and... It was funny because like my sister did the half. Yep. So she started and I was meeting my mom for brunch yep. at the Westin where I saw oh, you. Oh, okay. And I was like, I was like seeing like the odd person run by and yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure Matt is running the marathon. And I checked Instagram just to make sure. And I was like, yeah. he's running the marathon. So yeah. I'm like, it's like two, two thirty. I'm like, is he faster than two thirty? I'm like, <laughs> Frick, he might be faster. I'm like, day. I'm going to wait here for like 10 minutes yeah. or something like that. Like you came right around that time because uh, you finished in 250. Yeah, 253. 253. And you had yeah. like three kilometers left or something. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. It was like, yeah. yeah. So I just, I was like, I'm going to wait here for 10 minutes because my mom was up at the at oh, there waiting for me. Shoot. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> there you are. It was so fun. Oh man. No, that was good. That was good. I was basically on cruise control, you know, at that <laughs> So, you but, looked totally like freaking awesome. Right? Yeah, it was, it's always good to see familiar face. <laughs> okay, so just to kind of like wrap everything up, mm-hmm. what are we missing here? Like what's a piece of information that you would like to say to the listeners? Um, yeah, Basically as a coach and someone that went through a lot of crap in the last year, yeah. you know, like make... For me, it's stay true to who you are. Like that's that's what's was my saving grace in the last year. Like yeah. I basically lived in like eight different spots in the last year, and people like following me on Instagram would probably be like, "What?" Yeah. Like, cause, but I, I'm still you know the map that you know pretty successful because I've never stopped believing in my passions with. Yeah which was running and being healthy and being active and yeah. coaching, which I love doing because I yeah. feed off. So yeah. yeah, it's basically follow your passion and surround yourself with good people. Yeah. And cause that, that saved me that, that really, really saved me. And when you need help, you know, ask for help. Cause that's for me, like doing counseling, like, and I tell that to my buddies, you know, and I tell that to friends that do like, suffer from anxiety and depression that you know they don't go for help and i'm like why like man like if i got an injury i'll go see the sport physio like if i'm struggling mentally 
I'll go see a counselor. Yeah. Like, it's just how it works. It, 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 I you know? can't agree with you so more. So, I'm ask for help before it's too late. And that's what I did. Like, I, you know, my counseling sessions were great. And that saved me. I was able to come back to Canada, mm-hmm. you know, start my business. And now, like, it's blooming. Like, I'm full, basically. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, I have a hard time taking more athletes mm-hmm. because I'm busy enough. So, so cool. Yeah. Just don't be scared to ask for help. Like, that's... And react. Like, react before it's too late. That's the bottom line. Mm-hmm. Because if you wait too long, it's going to be so hard to get <laughs> out of that hole. It is. It is hard. Well, thanks so much for being here. Uh, Anyone listening right now, follow him on uh, Instagram. It's Matthew Dory Run. It's M-A-T-H-I-E-U-D-O-R-E-R-U-N. (laughs) <laughs> that's it and he'll very be, French he'll be friends with you and <laughs> you can make connections and he's the best anyways thank you so much this was awesome thanks for having me yeah buddy okay see you see you on the trails yeah <laughs> okay everyone that's all for today if you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support the show please donate to my Patreon account the link is in my Instagram bio and in the show notes Your support means the world to me and will help me to continue on this journey of becoming a full-time podcaster. You can also support the show by heading over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Thank you all once again for listening. Until next time.